Hey gang, this week's episode is brought to you by 417 Helmets. It's collectible helmets and more. Many football helmets from just about every dead and forgotten football league you've ever heard of. Also, many baseball helmets from the Negro Leagues, as well as custom helmets. You want your business or your organization represented in a cool mini helmet format? Hey, check them out. 417helmets.com. Promo code GOODSEATS for 10% off all of your purchases. And now... Here's our show. In 1936, Pacific Coast League team owner Bill Lane moved his Hollywood stars from Los Angeles to San Diego and into Sports Field, which had been rebuilt and renamed Lane Field. With his stars no longer in Hollywood, the team needed a new name. So the newspapers, you had the uh, San Diego Union, you had the Evening Tribune, and you had the Sun. All three newspapers had contests where people could submit names. These are some of the names that were submitted. There were the Dons, the Gales, the Aviators, the Flyers, the Sailors, the Pilots, the Gobs, that's slang for a sailor, the Pelicans, the Tunas, the Anglers, the Tars, the Aces, Balboas, Clippers, the Bears, Sandys, the Expos, Don Juans, of course the Padres was submitted, and the Twillers. What's a Twiller? Although it wasn't the most popular in the newspaper's contest, one name stood out to the team owner. Lane liked the idea of the Spanish uh, influence, and so Padres was selected, and it was immediately a very popular name. From 1936 until 1968, the Padres remained the Padres. But when San Diego was granted a major league franchise beginning with the 1969 season, the new big league team needed a name. See, Arnold Smith is the, uh, the owner of the team, he was the owner of the Pacific Coast League Padres, but Buzzy Bavese comes in as the president. And Bavese did not want any contact with the minor league uh, operation. He said, this is a major league operation. He was very reluctant to use the name Padres. C. Arnhold Smith won the debate, and San Diego's major league team adopted the name of its minor league predecessor. I think it's a great name for, to represent San Diego and our Spanish heritage. But uh, for Father's Day, what better name could there be for a baseball team? Welcome to Good Seats Still Available, a curious little podcast devoted to exploring what used to be in professional sports. Here's your host, Tim Hanlon. Hey now, how are you, everybody? My name's Tim Hanlon, and it's a Good Seats Still Available. Welcome, welcome. And welcome back to the proceedings. Thanks for finding us. And uh, we, uh, of course, always appreciate you finding us in the uh, vast sea of other podcast choices. We know you have a choice. And uh, we appreciate you making us uh, at least one of uh, them uh, this week as we uh, go to California, California. It's uh, been raining hard there. But, you know, most of the time we find it an idyllic uh, landscape. Uh, and uh, in the realm of sports, pro sports, no uh, exception uh, is uh, the uh, topic at hand. We're going to be talking with uh, the self-appointed California sports guy. His name is Dan Sisko. Brand new book out called California Sports Astounding. Fun, unknown, and surprising facts from statehood to Sunday. And uh, this is a, a book I would sort of put into um, – the kinds of books that I rarely or occasionally uh, sort of stumble across, become interested in, I, I sort of call them these sort of did you know category uh, or genre of, uh, of of 
you know, sports books, little t- tidbits and factoids and anecdotal uh, pieces of interest and stuff. And I always, I'm really intrigued usually by flipping through those books. The, the first thing I do, and again, I'm not normal, right? So, uh, but I usually look through these, uh, these tomes and I search for truly things that I did not know. Maybe there's an obscure team uh, or league or attempt at some kind of a uh, sports event of some sort uh, that I might have missed uh, that uh, sort of eluded me. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm oftentimes surprised when I don't find any. Then I sort of say, nah, OK, thanks, but no thanks. But, you know, there, there are a bunch of books like that out there. Another one I would uh, highly recommend, actually, especially if you're from or have been uh, a resident of the Chicago area, uh, is The Armchair Companion to Chicago Sports by uh, Richard Lin- uh, Lindbergh. And Rich Lindbergh actually has been a longtime uh, historian for the Chicago White Sox. And uh, highly recommend that because there's lots of great stuff about Chicago sports in there. But Dan Sisko uh, is our guest this week. We're going to be talking about sort of the same kind of approach for California and so all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, our little clip there at the beginning from the uh, what is now called – what is it now called? It's called Bally Sports San Diego. I guess it was called San Diego – I guess it was a Fox Sports Net – San Diego back in the day, but now it's known as Bally Sports San Diego. And and frankly, given what's going on with regional sports networks and Bally Sports in particular, uh, that it may not be the name of it, or maybe the entity may not even exist too much further. But uh, I, I, I digress into uh, wonky uh, media business uh, discussion. Sorry for that, but it's relevant. Uh, but that's a clip from, I think, about a year or two ago. Uh, and I'm sorry that I don't know the uh, announcer's name, so I apologize for that. I did search uh, pretty diligently, could not find his name. Uh, but Bill Swank is the guy who's quoted there, and he's probably somebody we should get on this little podcast, talking about uh, the uh, beginning history, the naming of the San Diego Padres, and and not necessarily the Major League Baseball version, which came in the late 1960s. But uh, as we uh, get into our conversation with Dan, uh, the Pacific Coast League. We've had a number of different excursions into the PCL, and the Padres. If you may know, uh, as you will, may know, you may know, or you should know. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, were one of the uh, long-standing teams in the PCL, the Pacific Coast League, which was essentially the West Coast version of professional baseball on many uh, fronts. Uh, on uh, on a good day, a good week, certainly uh, on a consistent basis, the teams that populated that league. Uh, up and down the uh, the West Coast, a whole bunch of them in California, the Padres included. They were the uh, actually the formerly known as Hollywood Stars. They actually moved from Hollywood. Previous conversation we that we have with our pal Dan Taylor. The uh, Padres uh, obviously became the namesake for the Major League Baseball team that came after a while. There's a little controversy as to uh, perhaps uh, taking that name, uh, but as we'll hear in our conversation, uh, that's just one of the many teams and leagues and sports and situations that uh, Dan has attempted, and I'll underline underline that word, my word, uh, to kind of collate in this first uh, book. And uh, as you'll hear in our chat, uh, Dan fancies this as sort of of the beginning or the early or first salvo, I guess, of of something that probably will be living and breathing over time as the the book uh, expands and has other uh, additions to it. It's, It's a perhaps a fool's errand to kind of try to encapsulate uh, all of uh, California's sports history uh, in a 290-page book. 
but it's a start. And uh, you'll hear in our in our conversation uh, so many things uh, in there and uh, that are are worthy of 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 remembering and, and, and factoids and that kind of stuff. But uh, clearly it's very uh, difficult to be comprehensive at that. Um, you'll hear, you know, in the Padres story, for example, a guy named Ted Williams, who you probably may have seen in the uh, Hall of Fame uh, conversations over the years. Uh, we'll talk about uh, his uh, early years actually with the San Diego Padres before he went on to uh, Major League Baseball greatness. But, we, you know, we get into all kinds of things as you would logically assume uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Clippers and the uh, uh, NHL versions of the uh, California Seals, uh, the Cow Palace we talk about. We talk about the the Dodgers and the Coliseum when they first moved here. Some obvious stuff, but also about the, some, the, some not so obvious stuff. We talk about the, uh, the AFL and a little bit about the uh, origination of uh, two of the teams in 1960 in California and why they sort of uh, set up at that point, the L.A. Chargers. Um, and the uh, Oakland Raiders, but not their actual name when they were first uh, envisioned in 1960. Uh, they had a different name, actually, and I didn't know this uh, for about for about a week or two until they were renamed the Raiders, but you'll have to stay tuned as to what that was uh, and all of that. And plus, stick around. Uh, we actually make suggestions for Dan, some things, some uh, glaring omissions from our perspective that um, he was good-naturedly uh, accepting of, uh, and uh, hopefully will be part of the revised and second edition of California Sports Astounding, uh, our conversation uh, this week with the California sports guy himself, Dan Cisco, coming up in a mere moment or two. Uh, first, let's uh, uh, tip our San Diego Padres cap uh, in the general direction of our pals at OldSchoolShirts.com. That's P.F. Wilson otherwise known as Patrick Francois Wilson, uh, and uh, OldSchoolShirts.com. It's promo code time for you there. Good Seats. Promo code is Good Seats. One word or two, I think both work, for 10% off all of your purchases when you go to OldSchoolShirts.com. Amazing stuff. Uh, as always, we talk about them all the time. Lots of really cool collections. They have a new Bozo the Clown collection, uh, and they also have a uh, relatively new Evil Knievel Connection, uh, and this is to uh, augment uh, their uh, other great collections in in things like food and amusement parks and beer uh, labels of the past and and all those kinds of things. But of course, we love OldSchoolShirts.com for their comprehensive and uh, always growing uh, collection of uh, sports team and league uh, shirts, uh, stadiums, and that kind of stuff. And uh, as you could uh, uh, commemorate our conversation with Dan talking about California sports, uh, they have a convenient section there on OldSchoolShirts.com. You just go to the Cities tab, and you can literally see all the major cities, metropolitan areas uh, in the United States. Uh, just go to the West Coast section, or West, and you'll see all the major cities of, of California, and you can actually you know, tool around and see some of the teams that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and a whole lot more that are discussed in this book uh, that Dan wrote. So check them out. It's OldSchoolShirts.com. If you haven't done it before, uh, give yourself about a half an hour because you're going to lose yourself in the goodness that is this website. And uh, with any luck, you may make a purchase or two. And we, of course, would appreciate that. We got a couple of shekels of referral love when you do that. OldSchoolShirts.com. And, of course, 
important, 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 use that promo code GOODSEATS for your benefit and ours. <laughs> Save 10% off all of your purchases early and often as we say here in Chicago, especially around election time. OldSchoolShirts.com. Thank you to PF and team. And uh, we appreciate your longtime sponsorship of this here little show. All right, let's get into the chat, shall we? Let's talk about California sports. Here he is, Mr. California sports guy himself. Here's Dan Cisco and me. We had a, uh, our conversation we had just a couple of days ago. Please, as always, enjoy. You know, the premise of this little show has been sort of focused on um, exclusively, but obviously this this overlaps um, your your book and, and your focus here. And your title, for sure, um, around uh, a lot of the teams and the leagues and the the situations in pro sports in particular um, that aren't around anymore for whatever reasons. And, you know, I, we love the defunct. We love the, you know, previously domiciled, the relocated, the abandoned and all that kind of stuff, because uh, just enormously intriguing and stuff. And I I loved your book when I got a copy of it because, um, while not exclusively focused on that similar in that similar vein, um, it's definitely pockmarked with a whole bunch of them. Uh, and uh, I, I guess I'll just start by sort of saying, um, give us the impetus for uh, this book and and the whole zeitgeist around being, uh, I guess, the dean of, of all things California sports. Um, I, I'm I'm not that old. Uh, I'm not the dean yet. But, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, um, I'm a native uh, San Diegan, native Californian. Uh, sports fan my whole life, uh, retired uh, research librarian, and I always enjoyed, you know, looking for old books and articles about the sports history here, because there's so much going on, and never gets boring. There's just so much, uh, so many teams, so many personalities, and all that. So I really wanted to get a book that would preserve that history, uh, be a part of California history as well. And it turned out to be a, a pretty fun project. Well, I think you had me at research librarian, but I guess why California, though? Uh, wh why uh, could that be perceived, especially for those who don't live there or have not lived there? Um, give us a sense of why it as a state is so special, if you will, in regards to sports. Well, everything, um, since we have about 10 to 15% of America's population. Everything's just on a big, big scale here. We have the most number of professional teams and we have all these, you know, um, historic venues scattered around the state. It, I guess it's just more of everything. And, um, you know, our statehood goes back uh, 1850. So there's, there's a reasonable amount of history to work with. And uh, I don't know anything about Delaware or South Dakota or all the other wonderful states in America. And California is the one place I knew a little bit about. So I thought, hey, you know, uh, work from there. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad I did, you know, so. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, a, a synonymous nature, I guess, of California with, with a lot of different sports, especially sports that... Um... I want to say are unique to the state, but certainly endemic to it, right? So I, I think when when people uh, generally talk about things like volleyball or uh, water polo or, uh, you know, s some of these other sports where uh, maybe they're enhanced by the fact of, of, of 
persistently uh, nice climate. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I come from the the East Coast. I live now in the Midwest, right? Uh, you know, I think um, as a kid, I guess I, I remember seeing, you know, professional football games and stuff being played in this always seemingly perfect in the midst of winter storms back on the East Coast uh, <laughs> games, right? In, in in Oakland or in San Francisco or certainly yeah. Los Angeles, right? It's like, wh- wh- where is this magical and maybe <laughs> magical place? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, we're really, you know, lucky to have this this type of weather conducive to year-round training and it's great for the fans you can you can go and attend sporting events you know year-round it's not going to stop you so my you know i tip my hat when i see those those pro sports and i see a a team like the cleveland browns playing in sub-zero weather you know you see it on tv and the snowstorm and the fans are there and they're like hey you know we're still loyal to the team we're still going to be out there I'm like, wow, I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, I, I got a whole bunch of sticky notes uh, in this book, and I, I maybe I'll just use this sort of as a riff, right? I mean, uh, a bunch of your uh, anecdotes uh, in this book do relate to, uh, frankly, some of those teams from, shall we say, colder or more uh, established uh, uh, urban environments uh, coming to the uh, the, the great uh, oasis of California, right? I mean, you're mentioning... Um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, uh, the football is a great example, right? I mean, there are teams from, uh, you know, the Rams, for example, or the old uh, AAFC and, and, um, and certainly, um, uh, some of the, uh, uh clearly the baseball teams, right. The, 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 big mass exodus of, of Brooklyn and the, and the giants of New York, uh, to California. Um, I, I guess that's gotta be a thing or a theme, right. Uh, and, and it's always a siren song, right. This California thing being so, attractive, especially as a fertile growing environment in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, when a lot of these teams made that leap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point, Tim. Uh, These, you know, the, the media market is big, the weather's great. And these sports eventually made it here and established their own uh, identity. And it was great, you know, growing up watching the American football league and, and, you know, watching, what were the Los Angeles Chargers their first year? And then they moved to San Diego and then they're playing the Oakland Raiders. And then, you know, you had, you had all this come out and work its way out to California. Um, You know, volleyball, sure. It was invented in Massachusetts, but now California, you know, dominates volleyball. I mean, they produce the, the best uh, volleyball players in America and uh, beach volleyball, which, of course, came from Hawaii, but made its way to Santa Monica, California, and from there just exploded, you know. So, yeah, all that movement and all that all that uh, change was good because it, it brought things to a new level here. And uh, we put our own spin on it, right? Well, one of your anecdotes is uh, one of our sort of favorite uh, uh, lost sports topics and that's uh, will chamberlain and the then international volleyball association in 1975 and 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 for those who may have listened to some of our previous episodes i mean what was a what was a complex cat on a whole bunch of different levels but 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 volleyball was probably the most um maybe not the most but certainly one of the more curious elements of his 
of his uh, of his life and lifestyle. I mean, he, he used it as, almost as as relaxation uh, or or other you know uh, exercising of other muscles, shall we say, uh, <laughs> to to his basketball career. And and lo and behold, he winds up uh, being part of this. Uh, I think still ever fascinating co-ed volleyball league in the in the mid to late seventies, where a whole bunch of teams were in the Southern California region. Yeah, exactly. The the Southern California bangers, you know, led by Will Chamberlain. And and he was just Gail Goodrich, you know, his Lakers teammate was like, hey, check out, check this out. Check out volleyball, you know. So um, but it was it was great. It was such a change of pace. And then he he boosted the sport. He, he drew all this media attention to it. And it was it was something it was cool. It was different. And volleyball is a great exciting sport anyway but uh, he added another element to it um as you're doing this uh the research for this book and, and and give me a sense of like how you sort of wanted to figure out a way to categorize this stuff because the state is so big its sports legacy is is gigantic and not just in pro sports but collegiate and and amateur and all that kind of stuff uh where do you begin to kind of sort of sand it down into something that's thematic or a storyline or some kind of uh, rubric, if you will, because I, I got to think, number one, that's hard because there's just so much of it out there, so much information. And then number two, uh, is this the first in a series or just one way of presenting it? Well, Tim, um, you're right. The, the the subject matter is so big. There's plenty of room for plenty of authors to write plenty of books here. But what I decided to do was was just tackle it month by month and try to put in as many sports as I could. And um, it's not an encyclopedia. It's not meant to be. California Sports Astounding is, is a look month by month of a lot of the major and not so major you know, sports events in history. And it's my goal to do a revision of this book, let's say every two or three years and add more to it and expand it this book covers over 65 sports, but I, you know, I started work on another 10 or 20 easily. So there's, there's plenty of room for growth. And again, it's, it's documenting and preserving this California history. So I'd like the book to grow over time and um, put in uh, as many entries per month as I can. Yeah, in some respects, the the upper bound of that right is is almost a a, a calendar right uh, of like literally day by day about what's what has gone on. I mean, obviously with the major events, right? Not every single stinking game or or you know statistic and that kind of stuff. But but in theory, that's you could you could tell lots of stories that way, and uh, and and chronologically, it would be frankly convenient for silly podcasters like us to kind of, you know, have a, a, a countdown as to like w- what anniversary is approaching uh, so that we can yeah, have yeah, exactly. 40, 50, 60 years later. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it's a type of book. You can just jump in at any point. Um, it, it's more of a fun, you know, breezy read. Oh, let, let's see what happened in April or, or, or July or whatever. You're just jumping in and picking and choosing. And some of the months have several entries and others are a little bit lighter, but that's just for that particular month. Um, but yeah, there's lots of stories still to be told and I can add those. I mean, even like today, I was thinking, I was thinking about, you know, looking back, okay, it's March 1st. So just 
as a, a loose entry in the book here, it's like, okay, that's when they decided to build America's second largest outdoor tennis stadium. And that was out in the desert. So that story is, is documented and um, there's plenty of others, but yeah, that's what's kind of fun. And there's, there's lots of little things um, that you want to, you want to know more about, you know? So it's just, I, I think it'll be good. Um, hopefully if I can expand it and, and hassle all these people, Hey, you know, give me that book or give me that article or whatever. But it's been a lot of fun researching it. What are the, th like what going into this, like what, what kind of sports and teams and situations like were, were like most intriguing to you that, that made you say, Hey, you know, I could do a, a sort of a, a book and become kind of a, almost a go-to expert of this kind of stuff. Were there any particular sports or teams or situations? I'm assuming you were a lifelong Californian and maybe had some allegiances as growing up perhaps. Well, you know, uh, you know the the major sports is pretty obvious. You got hockey and baseball, football, and all that. But I wanted to discover maybe there was a couple of sports here that originated in California. And for me, the interesting story was the uh, triathlon, which was introduced in France. That was the first triathlon in the world, but the first triathlon in America and California occurred in San Diego. So uh, I had fun with that one because I, you know, I'm a local San Diegan and I live like five minutes away from Mission Bay and that's where it was held. And so it's kind of fun to look, look at that. And then um, also research the history of the official state sport of California. Would you like to guess? Yeah, I have no idea. It is surfing, and of course, uh, introduced in Hawaii, was started in Hawaii, of course, and made its way out to California. And uh, a couple of Hawaiian princes were on vacation in Santa Cruz up in Northern California there. And they got out there on some wooden boards and people were like, what is this? <laughs> you know, so... Uh, that was kind of fun. And that's a very important sport here. Um, surfing has been designated uh, by the late state legislature as the official state sport. We've got three wonderful surfing museums in the state that preserve the memorabilia and all the, the wonderful history of the sport. And um, uh, a runner up to that sport was skateboarding and um, they had a lot of votes. They had a lot of support as the official state sport. And there's a lot of people that skateboard and it's there's a lot of contests and the whole bit. And we got Tony Hawk here, right? Who basically took that sport on his shoulders and um, invented a whole industry <laughs> kind of around it. You know, he has been so successful, but the people, not everyone can live by the beach. Yeah, there's there's thousands of people that surf, but there's so many that don't live in that area, right? They live in the Central Valley or live in the mountain areas or desert. But um, skateboarding is very big and it has its uh, supporters and their own museum in uh, Los Angeles. 
Yeah, and and two examples of of the the sort of weather endemic kind of benefit that in Los Angeles or Southern California or or the California coastline, the natural benefits, if you will, of of the state of California it makes makes a ton of sense that those sports would be considered even in the conversation as being quote unquote official and and frankly uh, 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 great evidence of of how sports in California are uniquely uh, entwined uh, in that regard. Right, exactly. And the wetsuit being invented in California. So, um, yeah, definitely all the water sports. Um, you know, I got a story in, in the book there about the big water ski competition, you know, from, from Long Beach out to Catalina Island, you know, where these guys are going 50, 60 miles an hour over open water. I mean, it's it's hard enough to do it in a bay or a lake. Like, can you imagine going out there in the Pacific? And, you know, it's that kind of hardcore, uh, you know, dedication. And I'd like to, you know, I wanted to give a lot of credit to these minor sports that don't necessarily get any media coverage or very little. So it was kind of fun to, you know, put a few of those in as well. Yeah, and we love that too, uh, for sure. Um, and and at the end, we'll we'll give you a few suggestions, even because I think there are a few that that uh, you might want to even uh, look into that are are um, uh, probably worthy of of the uh, the next edition. But but I, I you know I did learn a couple of uh, a bunch of different nuggets as I was sort of uh, uh, coursing through this. So for example, like you you do you do a lot of uh, uh, storylines around um, uh, teams either relocated. Uh, or um, expansion, uh, and you do uh, give some good service to <clears throat> how some of the names, uh, the nicknames of the teams were were generated. And the thing I didn't know actually was was your uh, description of the situation with um, uh, the former Oakland Raiders. Now, obviously, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to give our story? I, I I didn't. I literally I had not sort of understood this. But do you do you do you remember sort of the the original story of how they well, started with the name and, and it didn't, sounds like it didn't work out early on in 1960. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find it in the stupid book. <laughs> what well, day was I'll give you a hint. It's, it was, uh, it was in, uh, I think it was uh, the 19, it was 1960. I think it was in, um, oh, was it September or October. Uh, it's uh, it, the Oakland Seniors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> September 11th. Yeah, you're right. September 11th, 1960. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that story with the, you know, Baron Hilton, the hotel owner of the L.A. Chargers. Um, he was threatening to basically yank his franchise unless a second team was put in California. And that's how the Bay Area got interested and excited and went after a team to add to the American Football League. I don't want to reveal the whole story, but if people are interested, the, I will say the Raiders did play at a lot of old, uh, old stadiums. There's some classic stadiums up there in the Bay Area, and they were right there. Yeah, and and the name situation. There was a different name. Uh, the the Raiders had a different. They had the name Seniors for ten days, and it's an interesting situation as to why 
didn't happen that way. But but you're you're also mentioning facilities, and that's just sort of another area we obsess about, especially ones that you know don't exist anymore or have some kind of legacy to them. And um, you know, Keysar Stadium in San Francisco, clearly uh, a place where a lot of uh, fledgling teams actually still, I mean, the old, uh, you know, they're, they're still, it's still being used in a much more modified way, but, you know, for, for a long time was the, 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 the home of, um, uh, of the, the 49ers and, uh, some soccer teams played up there uh, through the years, uh, as well. But you also go into, you know, I, I'm fascinated by every time I go up to the San Francisco Bay area, I'm fascinated by this still standing construction known as the cow palace, Oh uh, yeah, in nearby Daly City. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, uh, g- give our audience a bit of a sense of that. I mean, Cow Palace is is almost. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure people wouldn't sort of consider it this way, but I, I guess I would. Historically, it's almost uh, it's like a, uh, it, it's it's uh, worthy of of historic preservation, given how many teams and leagues and situations, either temporarily or deemed full time. Uh, that that went through that facility and and uh, in in pro sports. Well, it, exactly. Too. You know the the. I mean, they they had the uh, the Oakland Oaks, <laughs> who played there for a while. Uh, they had a lot of basketball there, um, and of course rodeo. I mean, that's what it was all about, right? <laughs> a lot of rodeo competitions. They just had concerts and and, and everything else. But yeah, that was that was one of the big places in in California, famous sporting venues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the San Francisco Seals of the Pacific Coast Hockey League, and and then I yeah. think I don't know if the California Golden Seals of the NHL. I'm sure they had a dalliance or two with that, but I, you know, that that's um, uh, it's and uh, you know, I think also one of the more famous ones too is the LA Coliseum when the Dodgers arrived. It was the temporary home of the Dodgers and. Boy, how oddly shaped and and situated that was, and gigantic crowds. But you look at some of those pictures. I mean, uh, the Coliseum was put into interesting use to house a baseball team for a few years. Yeah, de- definitely. They they were drawing 70, 80, 90,000 fans to see baseball there. Uh, amazing. Uh, and then that was before Chavez Ravine and the you know Dodger Stadium came. Uh, we're finished, but that's true. That was a an interesting and great baseball venue. And then you have the original Candlestick Park in California when you go there in the middle of summer on an August afternoon at 12 noon, the sun is beating down and you've never been colder in your life. <laughs> Yeah, the fog and the uh, and the uh, the the cool winds and yeah, Candlestick Park was was a, a unique uh, and oddly so. Uh, I think somewhat uh, cherished in certain people's minds, but I, you know, I don't know. I think uh, most people probably were pretty happy to sort of see it uh, evolve into where they currently are now in, a, in that gorgeous park right by the bay there. Um, what do you? Um, another thing you kind of also talk about, and this is also indicative, I think of. Uh, of California's uh, sports history is, um, you know, we spent a lot of time in this this show over the years talking about, uh, you know, these major leagues uh, or challenger leagues, uh, for that matter, expanding, you know, looking westward after historically uh, being more rooted in the Northeast or or the Midwest. I mean, baseball certainly is a, is the, probably the most prominent example. 
Um, but you do spend a bunch of time, a lot of different anecdotes on the minor league baseball front. And I think people kind of forget that, um, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, even maybe earlier, um, the Pacific Coast League was pretty darn good, if not almost equivalent to some of the teams, if not most of the teams in way back east and in the Midwest. Um, and the harbinger, frankly, of what was to, what was to to come with baseball when Major League Baseball finally discovered, if you will, California years later. Well, that's true. The Pacific Coast League could stand toe to toe with any of those teams in the majors. That's how good. That's the level of talent. Not just Joe DiMaggio, a famous example, but there was so many players scattered up and down that coast, and of course. You know, California being being a part of this, but definitely uh, high quality play. These guys were being groomed to go to the big show. And here they were. I mean, you could see them. You could see them before they were a superstar. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, uh, great memories. Um, you know, you had Lane Field in, in San Diego, which was downtown on the waterfront. And then you had Wrigley Field in not Chicago, but Los Angeles, right? The Los Angeles uh, version of Wrigley Field uh, and many other venues all throughout the state. Well, interestingly, too, is is the uh, the story of the Padres, not the current version, but the uh, PCL version. And you have a really interesting anecdote about uh, a certain Ted Williams. Maybe you can kind of uh, give our audience a little sense of, of that because um, it was a really good example of seeing a player before he's, while he's still kind of ripe on the vine, but um, it's also an interesting quirk that you sort of pick out there. Well, Ted was a pitcher. <laughs> People forget that. And he um, he had his own short career as a pitcher. But that's where he really got his start with the Padres. I mean, he was the, the, the guy was 17 years old. You know, I mean, they they practically raided high school. They yank him out of high school and have him start playing. I mean, they knew he was going to be something very, very special. But um, uh, thankfully, his pitching career was short and <laughs> he moved around and uh, he got settled. And the rest is history. Right. Even though even though he was in Boston all those years, I mean, the California baseball fans were rooting like crazy for him. I mean, he was one of our own. And um, I mean, to me, still the best pure hitter or one of the best, <laughs> at least one of the top five all time in baseball history who could do it all. So when you when you're doing research for this, uh, what did give us a sense of some of the sports or situations uh, that uh, that you learned for the first time that you discovered um, in this process? Because I can't imagine that you knew all of these tidbits and facts going in. I'm sure you found some interesting discoveries uh, along the way because there's just so many facts and and stats here in this book. You know, Tim. Um... I had to go back to statehood, which is September 9th, 1850. So the reality is I probably knew only about 10% of this stuff. <laughs> I had to, I really wanted to go back and document it from that point onward. Um, I mean, I didn't want to go on anything prior. That would have been too complicated. But 
looking at each sport, I had never really looked into it from 1850 to let's say 1900, when a lot of these sports were finally invented. So um, I knew a little bit here and there, but it was interesting to, to see how these sports, uh, you know, evolved over time. I remember as a kid watching roller hockey on the black and white TV, you know, the LA T-Birds, women's roller hockey. The roller and, derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever question whether it was real or not? <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I was scratching my head, you know. Yeah, it was, I think, it San, was Francisco, I think wow. San Francisco was kind of a hotbed for that, right? I think is it wasn't that where like... Um, Oh come on, uh, uh, Saperstein or his son or somebody. Uh, uh, the, or no, this uh, I, I can't remember his name. I, I shouldn't have brought it up without well, remembering. They had, yeah, they yeah they had teams throughout the state. I, I, you know, San Francisco and L.A. And then they've tried to revive the sport over the years. I mean, I guess back in 1993 they had a roller hockey international that where they were trying to revive the sport. And San Diego's team was called the Barracudas. You know, um, they had fun with that. But but the prime time, the glory years were the, the 50s and 60s. And um, even, well, in this book, I wrote about Francois, Jacques Lalaine, and how he introduced sports and actual, you know, taking care of yourself as a sports and exercise as a lifelong pursuit. Yeah, or calisthenics, if you will, right? Calisthenics on TV. And then he opened up basically the first gym in America. I mean, he's given he's giving credit for introducing an actual gym where people could go and exercise and build strength. And, and people were like, well, what's this guy doing? He was so far ahead of his time. And he just built everything, you know, from that point onward. But it was great to see. You can imagine. I mean, he was a big deal. He was on national TV every week with his show. Give me a sense of of when you're you're digging into these stories and uh, how do you, as a, I guess as a professional researcher, how do you prevent yourself, or maybe you don't, from going down the rabbit holes and just sort of exploring to the point where you may have forgotten why you got there in the first place and, and, and don't get to, and you're avoiding writing stuff and, and doing, doing, doing book work versus uh, learning and discovering. Cause I, I could see you could unravel a whole lot of things and maybe you did in this process uh, and, and maybe not get a lot of work done in, in the pursuit of a book. You know, Tim, I, I had, I had a lot of stuff left over. There's tons of boxes and pages in my office and, and a lot of things that didn't make it. Uh, but I really tried to just stay focused on, I wanted to, to help people discover when sports were introduced here, kind of how they involved, put a story or two, some fun question and answers to go with it. So each entry ended up being two pages. And if they were not limited to that, yes, I could have gone down a rabbit hole, but I had an, I think I had a good structure to work with and, uh, that's what I used for each entry. I tried to come up with something that was fun and and unknown, hopefully, by by most sports fans, and that's how I approached it. 
And what do you think you learned sort of in this exercise? And, and, and where do you think it goes from here? Because it seems like you probably have tapped into a vein that can be further explored, exploited, uh, 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 made more derivative. There's probably a whole, but you probably could do it by sport. Maybe you could do it by, I mean, there's a lot of different sort of angles uh, it, that you could do this. True. Yeah. It's true. You're right, Tim. There are a lot of uh, different angles, but I think what, I, like I say, I'd like to expand the book, uh, more coverage and more sports. Um, in this process, I learned how much I did not know, even though <laughs> I'm a lifelong sports fan, uh, listening on the radio to Vin Scully, you know, watching on TV, watching Dick Enberg, um, you know, on and on and on. But even as a lifelong sports fan, I discovered how much I didn't know. And the good thing is that we have a starting point now. I believe every every state should have their own book. If If you're in Michigan, there should be a Michigan sports history book from day one. I mean, that's part of their state's history, right? So, you know, California's a little bit bigger, but um, I'm hoping to expand it and um, go from there. Because if I just do one sport, I'm just leaving out so much. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to do an encyclopedia. I'll croak before that's over, <laughs> before that's done. But um, I think the main thing is... Uh, is to keep looking and keep discovering new things. And I'm learning new things all the time. So it's fun. It's interesting. And I hope the sports fans like it. All right. Well, as threatened, I got a couple of suggestions for you. So uh, not that you're asking, but um, uh, I uh, I think uh, the North American Soccer League, uh, I didn't uh, see there. I know there's some major league soccer in there with the the, um, the arrival of the San Jose Clash, but um uh, I highly recommend looking into uh, that, like uh, the Los Angeles Aztecs, for example, in the San Diego oh, yeah. Soccer. San Diego Soccer's. Yeah. yeah. And then also the, uh, the 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 equally interesting and intriguing indoor soccer thing, and and there's where the San Diego Soccer's come back roaring into um, uh, legendary status. I think they are still standing now as part of the major uh, what they call it, major arena soccer league. But they, I think. They now they have more in professional indoor soccer titles than any team ever. You're um, right. You're right about that. Right. Um, world team tennis uh, could make a, 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 a which still exists today, um, but um, uh, our, our uh, long promised but still not yet delivered uh, guest Jeannie Buss, uh, who under the. Uh, uh, the tutelage of her father, uh, I, th I think that was the first kind of real professional sports experience that she got was kind of running this team that dad got for her for her birthday uh, back <laughs> in the 70s that Dick Enberg used to also love too. I think he was like a an official voice of it. And then last but not least, uh, you mentioned Rent Roller Hockey International. Our our, our dearly departed friend, uh, Dennis Murphy, uh, was a guest on the show a couple of times. And uh, that's certainly and and RHI was actually part of Jeannie Buss's uh, uh, sports empire and stuff. I also wonder if there are some uh, perhaps some race tracks, some uh, you know, like I know we've done a couple of uh, uh, spins on um, some forgotten race tracks over over the years. I know Riverside in Ontario, right? Two um, still very uh, uh, highly regarded and and well remembered racetracks, even though. I think Riverside only lasted 10 years, maybe. 
uh, or Ontario. I mean, it wasn't the, neither were long, but you know they were uh, important in you know the IROC series and some NASCAR stuff. And um, anyway, but I it's it's also a fool's errand, right? Because you you there are so <laughs> many things, right? That well, you, you know what I'm not about, right? But the, I, those I, are some that I, I would look for if I were looking for your next edition. But just, that's just I, me. I, you know what I I appreciate those suggestions. Because I did was poking around and looking at a few of the old racetracks, especially up in Gardena, um, suburb of L.A., and um, in the Central Valley, Fresno, Sacramento. But yeah, that that's definitely worth pursuing. Um, but there's, I will this, say there's something- discussion that Fontana may actually go away. The one that race that was just there over the weekend in, in NASCAR. Oh. That's which well, itself would only be 25 years young. So. Well, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned World Team Tennis because I was uh, I was reading up about it, you know, that co-ed tennis league. And back in 1984, you know, San Diego had a team and their nickname was the Buds, B-U-D-S. And I always wondered, is that was that something they were smoking or was that something they were friends or <laughs> can you imagine you know, I mean, what's the what's the mascot look like? You know, well, at least you could spell it, and it, and it would easily fit on the jersey. Unlike, let's say, uh, the uh, ABA Conquistadors. Oh, right? <laughs> and, I went and, to a game. I got to tell you real quick. I went to a game, the San Diego Conquistadors, and they were playing at Peterson Gym on the San Diego State University campus a gym that held 3,600 seats. And you know why they were playing there? Because San Diego State was playing their games at the sports arena. The sports arena, the, the, the proprietor of the sports arena was arguing with the owner of the Conquistadors. So he kept him out of the sports arena as punishment. So you had a college team playing in a 14,000 seat arena, and then you had a pro team playing at Peterson gym. So it was just crazy. I just remember that. Well, and that see that right there is to me is, is like a, a perfect story and, and well worth <laughs> investigating. And I, you know, it, to give me an excuse actually to get some pictures of, uh, of some of the, uh, the jerseys when they just had the letter Q on them, right. Instead of the it, whole, yeah. Visitor, right? so, <laughs> and then that, uh, that, uh, that, that obviously unfolds into the, the, the wacky world of the Clippers and, Diego <laughs> and Bill Walton and all that stuff coming from Buffalo and then going to LA and then maybe <laughs> all that stuff. Right. So I, look, I, again, to me, this is a thread that you keep pulling and the sweater will keep on giving. Um, yes. So yes. I, look, I wish you nothing but the best. How about uh, some promotion? Tell us uh, what it is, where it is, where else you're promoting. And, and it sounds like you're standing yourself up as uh as a go-to uh, resource uh, for press inquiries when any, uh, any, query from the the press about california and sports comes along no yeah you're right you're right tim i'm hoping uh, that they'll consider uh the book it's california sports astounding fun unknown and surprising facts from statehood to sunday so it's available uh on amazon and barnes and noble uh plus the website www.california sportsastounding.com. And you hinted that, uh, I think you also mentioned in the book too, that you're um, 
maybe dangerously, uh, opening yourself up to uh, uh, people suggesting ideas and topics and stuff for for your ongoing efforts, correct? That is correct. And you know, you know what? I think it's really valuable because these sports fans, you know, they have their their vested interests, but they always bring up something new and interesting for me. So I'm like, hey, just bring it on, send it to me. I mean, there's no guarantee I'm going to put it in the book, but we can certainly explore the idea and and give, you know, coverage and uh, interest, expand the interest on sports that would not usually get it, right? Yeah, no, I also think it's a it's a healthy approach when when you take on the task of trying to be uh historical some level of comprehensiveness or certainly accuracy um because you know as we've learned and discovered and and in our obsession right i mean it's a it's just, it's doubly hard when you're talking about uh teams or leagues or situations that go belly up or defunct or, or things relocate and that kind of stuff because they can be dead ends uh, and literally can be very difficult, if not impossible, to ascertain stuff, right? So you'll see the the dreaded question mark when, like, what when did the team depart? Because um, right. it can be conjecture. It may not have been a league uh, like, say, the National Women's Football League of the seventies that was you know was covered in certain places, but not sort of uh, comprehensively. And 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 even in those places, they may not have. It may those places may not have risen to the level of library microfiche or lexis nexus databases right so the, the the research becomes harder becomes more of a sleuthing kind of exercise and look i also the other issue too and i you know maybe again more unsolicited advice but um the one thing that i've always um loved to, to try to pursue and i've always found sort of the highest quality of our conversations is to, the, the more people who were directly involved right the primary sources that you can get to either quote or a memory or something. Um, obviously, the further back you go, the less number of those kinds of people exist anymore, right? But um, nothing beats a, uh, even if it's a, um, a skewed memory, nothing beats an original uh, remembrance uh, if they were there. Um, and uh, the good news is, I think, and this leads me maybe into my last question, is they're al we're always making more, right? I mean, it, there's no... This isn't a story that's going to end, right? There's only, there's only going to be more leagues, uh, more teams, more uh, ESPN Ocho type things like with pickleball. <laughs> For, I think I've seen now that there are. And this, here's the question embedded in here: uh, Are we approaching potentially peak sports? I, you know, I look at private equity now coming into sports, and I, I'm seeing things not only like two competing or actually three competing major pickleball leagues, but I think now that there are four legitimate volleyball leagues two of which are going to be co-ed um yeah. that that aim to be professional and uh you know how many teams can major league soccer support and you know major league rugby and cricket's coming now and I, wow it's it's a lot out there uh you know well, um, there is there is yeah, and I, mean, it's, I don't know if it's the best of times or the worst of times because i wonder if any, oh, if there's enough economy to s support them all yeah it, it's it's a good question tim um you wonder, is there enough disposable income to support these sports? You know, there's just so much out there. You got to pick and choose. I love the variety. I I love that things are out there and people are trying them. They're just going to experiment with them. If it works, great. If not, hey, so what? 
Um, but there are so many right now, like I said, I mean, I just did 65. I thought that was a lot, but you know, in this world, uh, you can easily look, look at 10 or 20 more sports and see where they're headed and, and hopefully, you know, add those down the road. Well, it's great, especially if you're from California or you're curious, you're California curious, shall we say. Uh, it's, it's a great entree. It's a, it's a, it's a truly, you can sort of like open it up and go to a certain area, certain section and, and, and learn about whether it's, uh, you know, some, uh, some kind of a event or race or, or, or team or situation. And, um, it's almost like a sampler uh, platter. And I, I just, I, I worry for you because, um, there's just so much more to explore that I wonder if you're, you're ever going to be satiated, but maybe that's a good thing because it it'll, it it gives you it gives you purpose because it it's a it's a huge it's a huge ball of yarn that you've made for yourself and I I think it's great and plenty more stuff to come I bet yeah Tim you know what <laughs> I'm a I'm a retired librarian and um, you're right I mean you know how big does the sweater get here <laughs> you keep you keep making it bigger and bigger as long as it's fun and I love to do research. And uh, hopefully, hopefully contribute to knowledge. I won't be around forever, but hey, it's a start. Other people can look at that as a benchmark and then go from there, you know? But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens if I, if I live long enough, right? <laughs> well, nobody, n- none of us is getting any younger, but uh, if, as long as it gives you passion and, 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 uh, and fervor for life and all that kind of stuff, I look, I, you know, you're going to have a reader here and uh, hopefully amongst, uh, some of our listeners as well too. So best of luck with it. Keep in touch and let us know uh, further additions and uh, and maybe other spinoffs and that kind of stuff. And if we can be ever of help to you in that process, let us know. Hey, Tim, I really appreciate that. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, I, I learned a lot today and uh, great talking to you. All right, our thanks to Dan. I aired, actually, the uh, uh, amount of pages uh, in this book is actually upwards of 330 or so. So it's uh, more pages than I uh, gave it credit for at the uh, the outset of the show. So apologies for that. But it is it is fun. You'll get lost in it if you're from California or just visited or maybe you just don't care about California, but you're interested in sports trivia and history and that kind of stuff. And and our little obsession was sort of about teams and leagues and situations that don't exist anymore on the pro level. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in there around college and amateur sports and uh, uh, events and uh, all kinds of it, it really is a treasure trove of uh, of trivia. And uh, it's just getting started, as you heard uh, Dan describe. The book, again, is called California Sports Astounding. Subtitled Fun, Unknown, and Surprising Facts from Statehood to Sunday. Uh, It is published by La Jolla Shores Press, uh, and it is available for you now, wherever you find good books. And, uh, of course, you can go to our website at goodseatsstillavailable.com, and uh, you will find a convenient link from this episode numbered uh, 294. And uh, you will find a convenient link there to uh, Amazon. And uh, that will whisk you away uh, to uh, the uh, the purchase uh, scenario for said book. And we will get a couple of shekels of referral love by doing so. We appreciate that very much. 
but I think you'll find it uh, uh, fun and a great way to pass the time. And literally, uh, you can just uh, open it up, spin the dial, if you will, open up to any page and you'll uh, be treated to a piece of trivia or two. Uh, likely stuff that you didn't know, maybe uh, just uh, uh, something to add to your uh, dinner party uh, repertoire. Uh, and thank you to Dan for sharing that with us. With uh, with that, we remind you that we are uh, not only available at GoodSeatsStillAvailable.com, where you'll find all of our old episodes and all kinds of uh, supportive imagery and uh, and, the, and the like. Um, we uh, encourage you to bookmark that one. Also, you can send us email if you'd like. We're at hello at GoodSeatsStillAvailable.com. Uh, and let's see what else. On social media, you can follow us too. On Facebook, you'll find a page devoted to us there. You'll find us on Instagram at Good Seats Still. And of course, on the Twitter, we're at Good Seats Still. So be sure to give us a follow there. Uh, If you like what you hear, please, by all means, wherever you download uh, or subscribe or follow this show, we're available wherever you really get podcasts. Uh, If there is an opportunity, a place, a chance uh, to rate us with the proverbial five stars, Maybe some nice comments along the way too. Uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, I talked too long. I already know that. Um, so come up with something different. <laughs> we appreciate it very much. That helps other people like you uh, who might uh, be interested in this topic, the show, et cetera, uh, to find it. And uh, it helps the algorithms. We appreciate that too. Uh, it's the least you can do. You're not paying for it. So why not? Thank you for doing that. And uh, our thanks, of course, as always, each and every week to the great Jerry Payne, Jerry Payne Audio Excellence. Thank you once again for more audio excellence this week, kind sir. Thanks for listening as always, friends. Till next week, ta-ta.